Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. Yo, we back, man. We back. Listen up, man. If you're not a member of my Patreon, join up. Join my Patreon today, man. If you're not familiar with it, man, you get extra content. You get you get movie nights. You get watch parties. You get music nights. You get some game nights. You get live podcasts recorded live so you don't miss a thing. Join my Patreon. You can head to my Instagram, click the link in my bio, and the Patreon tab is right there. And you can join for as little as $5 a month. Five hours a month to get extra content, extra hangout, extra silliness, extra deepness, too. We be getting real. We be getting deep. So join up, man. I'll be watching The Emperor's New Groove soon because I haven't seen it. I've never seen The Emperor's New Groove. So I'll be doing a movie night for that soon. I haven't seen I'm not watching Selena or My Girl. I'm not watching Selena or My Girl. I'm going to just let y'all know right now. I know people like, yo, you never seen? No. I'm not watching Selena. I'm not watching Selena. All right? I need y'all to get off my neck. I'm not watching Selena. Because I know what happens, man. I'm going to be thinking about it the whole time I'm watching it. I know what's coming. The pistol. And I'm not ready for that, man. I'm not ready for it. Okay, so I've avoided that movie since it came out in 1997. I avoided my girl with Macaulay Culkin and Anna Shklumsky or whatever her name is and Dan Aykroyd. I avoided that. Ain't Jamie Lee Curtis in there too? I avoided that because I knew what happened to Macaulay Culkin's character. Man, why, why, would, I, why would I set myself up for this? And this is prime McCully Culkin, man. I can I can take him down in the good son because he was a horrible son. But my girl, man, he's just a sweet kid with glasses. Man, look out. Look out. So it's just certain movies I'm I'm just not watching. And I know, and I know, I know. Selena is one of Jennifer Lopez's strongest films. I know this. I know. But no. Yeah, but no. Okay? My co-host, Water. I want y'all drinking this every goddamn day. You hear me? I want y'all drinking the water. I don't want y'all making no excuses. I don't want y'all complaining. I don't want y'all whining. I don't want to hear nothing about nothing. I want y'all taking the sips. I want y'all drinking this water on a daily basis. I want y'all to put forth the effort and the attention and the focus on drinking a lot. Not, not, not no 16 ounces a day. That ain't going to cut it. 32 ounces ain't shit. I need real water consumption from all of y'all. Every last Bow-legged, knock-kneed one of y'all. I need y'all drinking your water. You snaggled tooth, excuse-making, ashy lip bastards. I need y'all drinking your waters. I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't want to hear, I, I can only drink, sh hush. Well, well, to me, is it, I, hush. 
Well, on the internet, it says be quiet. I want you drinking the water. No excuses, no fumbling, no lies, no inconsistencies. I want the water being drank. You poop butt, bubble bootied, thick hip bastards. I want y'all drinking the water. I'm tired of y'all, man. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. And I'm opening, I'm opening the gates tough right now, man. I'm sick of a lot of stuff. I'm complaining on this episode. I got some stuff to get off my nipples. This is verbal complainio today. I'm coming in hot with the complaints. Black people, brown people, men. When it comes to health, why your life got to be on, on the line for you to do right with your diet and exercise? Hmm? Why your life got to be on the line before you make the changes you know you should have been made? You know what you are not supposed to be eating out here, man. Information is all around us. You ain't got no excuse. Why do you have to go to the doctor and they tell you, yo, your blood pressure is sky high, man. You're on the brink of diabetes. You're on the brink of destruction. Why does it always have to come down to your life being on the line before you start having vegetables, before you start drinking more water, before you stop eating the bullshit? Why we got to come to that every time? Why does it have to be cold red before you do right on your diet? You take pride in eating the bullshit. You clown people that's doing better in terms of what they putting in their body. You clowning everybody. You eating twigs and soil. I've been guilty. I've been that guy. You eating twigs and soil. But then when you start eating better, you feel better. You look different. You look better. You're moving better. But some of y'all just want to sit in your filth and take it all in and just, y'all, y'all will follow the instructions to a T when it comes to taking medicine. When you get some Advil or some Excedrin or some Motrin or whatever, you look at the instruction and be like, all right, I can take one to two every 12 hours. You follow that to a T. You respect medicine. But when it comes to the food you take in on a daily basis, you make it all kind of excuses. You all, you all of a sudden know more than scientists and doctors. And then you just eat the bullshit and be like, I'm going to be all right. When they're telling you, no, this is bullshit. And they'd be like, no, I'll be okay. It's good. It tastes good. There's nothing wrong with me. I had a clean bill of health last time. Like your clean bill of health won't run out. I'm sick of y'all, man. I'm sick of y'all. Your life got to be in danger before you start making the steps, before you start making the real changes. You're going to die in two months if you keep this up. Oh, oh okay. Okay, doc. I'm going I'm to I'm change my ways. You always got to get pushed to the brink of destruction before you make the change. Make the change anyway. You know what you're not supposed to be eating. You know you're not out here supposed to be eating the filth and the fried and the filth, florin filth that you're taking in on the day-to-day. You know you're not supposed to be eating out every day of your goddamn life. Every time you eat out, yeah, they, yeah, they tell you about the calories, but they're not all 100% accurate. 
They're not including everything. And they're not telling you about the saturated fat, the amount of sugar that's going in there, the added sugars. You don't know none of that. You just know, oh, okay, if I get this bowl, it's going to be 810 calories. Yeah, but what's that fat looking like? What's that sugar looking like? How much you adding in there? How much sodium we talking about? Y'all don't care about none of that. And you think because you're young, you be like, I can eat whatever, and then I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just tighten up on the back end. You might not make it to the back end. Or the damage is already done by the time you get to the back end. I want to lose weight, but I'm going to keep eating the bullshit. What, what, what you want to do? You want to lose the weight? Or you want to keep bullshitting and taking in what you've been taking in? And I, I get it, man. Trust me, I get it. I'm struggling, McGee, man. Food been on my ass for years. Food is seductive. Food is like, hey, yo, Tom, what you doing? Food, whatever. Food be texting me like, Tom, man, what you doing? Come over. Come over. Food be like, I ain't got no panties on. Food be like, I just got on a T-shirt, no panties. Oh, for real? Yeah, come through. Come get in on this, Tom. I know you missed this. I'm like, man, listen, food, you can't be texting me like this. I'm trying to do right, man. I'm on a diet, man. I've been, I've been doing my thing, man. I've been consistent. Yeah, yeah, you've been consistent, but you ain't been consistently back on this. I know you missed this. And it's hard to resist. Food, man, it's hard to resist. Food be hey, big heading you to death. I know it's tough, man. I'm struggle McGee. But there has to be a point to where you like, all right, man, you got to make a, a concentrated, concerted effort to be like, yo, I got to do better. And I know it's tough. I know. You think I don't want to eat peanut butter every goddamn day of my life? You think I don't want to be out here eating crunchy peanut butter with a hint of honey every day of my goddamn life, fresh out the jar? You think I don't want this? I want this. Trust me. I want to eat peanut butter for dinner with a spoon and just happiness. I want to have pizza every single day. I want this. I want some big, buttery, sweet, soft-ass, falling-off-the-bone cookies every goddamn day. I want this. I want the puddings and the ice creams every goddamn moment. I want all of it. Yes. Lather me up in the pizza, please. I want it all. But you know what? Health. 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 Come on, man. Stop waiting until your life is on the line. Stop doctoring yourself. Stop doing your own diagnosis in your own brain. Stop Googling shit and thinking you know what's really going on in your body. Always got to always gotta wait till your life is on the line. Now, I'm going to cut this live off in the Instagram. If y'all want in on this, join the Patreon, man. Join the Patreon if you want to see the rest of this. Click the link in my bio in the Instagram. Click the link in my bio. Join the Patreon right now. And I'm clipping this because I'm sick of it. Yeah, y'all, man. I'm sick of it. A friend of mine, I've been like, yo, man, how's the diet going? How's the diet going? I've been on his neck about the diet for mad long. Then he gets some some news from the doc and it's like, oh, so, oh, so now, now you want to tighten up. 
You just needed your life on the line to tighten up. I'm sick of y'all. And there's so many people with, with, with that mindset. Life got to be on the line for me to make the changes. I'm like, man, come on, man. Come on, man. We sick of it, man. Do the work before it gets to that level. Because sometimes you might not be able to recover from the brink. Some people can't recover from the brink of destruction. It's already too late. The damage has been done. Now what? Get it in early. Drink your water. Drink your water. Make better choices. Make sure you're getting in the, the greeneries in your life, the fruits and vegetables. Make sure you're getting enough of that on the day-to-day. Just take it in. It's easy, y'all. It's easy. You're making it more complicated than it has to be, man. And I'm worried about y'all. I want y'all to be alive, goddammit. I want y'all to be alive with your families and your friends. I want you to thrive and be robust and be out here. Take pride in what you're taking in. Sick of it, man. Tired of y'all. Genuine. Genuine can't catch a break, man. He can't catch a break. I would have never thought when Genuine first hit the scene with Pony, you know what I'm saying? Pony, this dude was a sex symbol. You know what I'm saying? Genuine, he's one of the best dancers in the game. His songs was hot. He was the guy, man. Ladies loved him. Genuine, genuine, Elgin. He was the guy. And then, you know, he went viral a little bit ago with his dance moves. They made that into memes and, like, you know, they was doctoring that up and it was just like, yo, genuine dance. And it was just like, yo, this ain't the genuine I remember, you know. I never would have thought he'd be getting clowned then. This past weekend at Lovers and Friends, he jumps off the stage and he loses his balance. He tries to grab onto the interpreter. The interpreter was like, I ain't going down with you. And Genuine just fell. He fell over the side and then he reemerged in the all white outfit. And it's just like, damn, man. Same OG. I never would have thought. Never would have thought he would be the guy that we'd be laughing at later in life. Never would have even remotely imagined that Genuine, man, yo, when Genuine first came out, there's no way I'd be like, yo, we're going to be laughing at this cat years from now. Trust me, he's going to be one of the funniest cats breathing just for living. And now it's like, you know, now we're going to go to a Genuine show and be like, let's see what he do next on accident. Never would have thought. Everybody was reposting that damn thing. It's like, man, same OG. What's your favorite genuine song of all time? What's your favorite? Mine is, uh, I'm sorry. I'll do anything, anything you want. That's my word is born. Maybe I was wrong. Thanks for giving me. For what I've done, I'm sorry. Boo. That's like my favorite one. I don't know why, you know what I'm saying? He's got some, he's got some great songs though. But I'm sorry, man. That was that was my shit, man. And I'm sorry 
that you fail, genuine. I'm sorry that you fell off the stage and everybody was reposting it. I'm sorry it went viral. I'm sorry I also contributed to the to the reposting and the and the shenanigans. Forgive me for what I'm done. I'm I'm sorry. Boop. Um shout out to Jade. Um Jade has a like a podcast show uh called Blackbusters, right? And it's about, you know, talking about it's called the Blackbusters podcast. And Big Ja and Multitoned Tony Price. Uh, they talk about like the black classics, the black classic cinema and black movies and stuff like that. Also, side note, and I'm gonna clip this to my white peeps, to my white peeps. What's a black cult classic movie that you that you love? To my white peeps, my white individuals. What's a black movie that you love? And also, what's a black TV show that you love? I want to know from my white peeps. I want to know what you love on the black tip. Because there's plenty plenty of white shit that we love as blacks. You know, there's always some white movies we can come around the corner with and be like, yo, this is my movie, this is my movie, this is my movie. Shit, Back to the Future, goddamn Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know what I'm saying, Ghostbusters, the, the list goes on. Lord of the Rings and shit, Goodfellas and shit. But what's what's a black movie that y'all love? I want to know. And not not just with a black lead. Like Beverly Hills Cop don't count as a black movie. I'm not saying something with a black lead. I'm talking about a, a predominantly black movie. What y'all loving, man? I want to know. Let let me know. So in the Blackbusters podcast, uh, Jade said that Boomerang is the best soundtrack ever. And although the Boomerang soundtrack is fire, I argue that Waiting to Exhale is a superior soundtrack. I also feel that Love Jones is a superior soundtrack. The Boomerang soundtrack is fire. And this was at a time when, remember in movies where soundtracks were very important? Like the movie soundtrack was everything, especially for black movies. The movie soundtrack was everything. And I'm not talking about musicals. Like I'm not talking about like Grease or like, you know what I'm saying, stuff where the music is the very essence of the movie. I'm talking about like a regular movie, like Above the Rim, Boomerang, Love Jones. These these movies aren't about, wait and exhale, these movies aren't about music. Like the Purple Rain soundtrack, that movie is about a musician and hit, you know, the songs he sang in the movie. That that was very much a part of the movie itself. But they used to take pride, like the Sunset Park soundtrack, Soul Food soundtrack, like even the Bodyguard. The Bodyguard, well, the the music is kind of tied into the Bodyguard because she did play like a fictionalized version of herself. So it's kind of tied in the Loving Basketball soundtrack, another good soundtrack. But I feel like 
Outside of like Purple Rain. I'll take Purple Rain off the table. Because I feel like, you know, he was actually performing these songs within the movie. But I feel like Waiting to Excel is the best soundtrack of all time. Not counting like musicals like Grease and like, you know, Little Shop of Horrors. Not counting those type of musical soundtracks. But I feel like, I feel like Waiting to Excel is the best soundtrack of all time. Because I know there's some good soundtracks out there. I hear you, Black Panther and all that, but for pure track for track, limited skippability, I got to go Waiting to Exhale, man. Waiting to Exhale has 16 songs. I'm skipping one. I'm skipping one song on that whole soundtrack. And that, that's not even a, a definite skip. It's just like, eh, I could, I could skip this one. And there's not many albums, period, that I can say that about. 16? And I'm just letting it rock? I got to go, go with Waiting Exhale, man. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. We starting out with Waiting Exhale, Shoop Shoop. And we ended with Count On Me Through Thick and Thin. The friendship that would never end. When you are weak, I will be strong. Count on me to carry on. Call on me and I'll be there. Don't be afraid. Please believe me when I say, count on me. Bars, man. Bars. Top to bottom. Put the L in there. Top to bottom. But I'm interested to know, you know, what are some of your favorite soundtracks? Remember, Chasworth, give me the this or that. Give me the this or that. Let's do the this or that's in this episode. Um, people are asking me about the writer's strike. Here's the thing about the writer's strike. Writers are everything. Writers are everything. Think about all the shows you love, that you watch, that you enjoy. Writers are the key ingredient. Yes, we look at the actors and the performances, but at the end of the day, without these writers creating the stories and writing the dialogue, the actors are just standing around waiting for the next goddamn gig. The writers are key pay them money up give them the money man they, they there are no shows without the writers you're just gonna be watching reality show fluff and even these reality shows got writers you're just gonna be watching fluff respect these writers man pay up we need people writing them scripts, that wordplay, that dialogue. Think about Abbott Elementary, man. The writing is so good that the actors make it look effortless. That's because the writing is fire. Better Call Saul, The Wire, Game of Thrones, whatever you're into. The writing is key, man. Respect these writers, man. Whatever money they want, pay up. 
pay up. Whether it's streaming, whether it's network TV, pay the goddamn money to these writers, man. They deserve it. They deserve it, man. Let's go, man. I support the strike. They weren't even asking for that much money either, man. Come it on. was crazy. They were like, man, we really want to get more percentages. Can we just get 3%? And they was like, what? And they counterclaimed everything and was like, no. We Come don't want to do none of that. And they bringing in billions of dollars every year. Come easily on. off the streaming stuff. These writers make no percentages. It's like me and you in the music realm, right? Right. Me and you make a song together, right? Mm. And we dropped it way back in the day. Right. And now we 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 trying to do something now. And mm. the label like, y'all not getting none of this money off the streaming stuff. That's basically what's going on. They were they might have got paid up front then and then they right. did their stuff and they're still not getting paid a lot. I think a lot of people think writers get paid a lot because it's the film industry and stuff like that. Right. No, they don't. They make a lot less money than people think. And then they got to work and like you, you're in Los Angeles. Like you got to be here to work on these shows. You got to right. live here. It costs a lot of money. Right. And, but they weren't asking for a lot of money and now that the stuff has been shut down, they're starting to lose money because mm-hmm. of the productions have to shut down and they already up front the cost or whatever. But the problem with the, I'm with the writers with the strike. I want them to strike and mm-hmm. the strikes lead to other things down the line. Like other people see it and they get inspired and start fighting and stuff like that. Right. And I want them to strike. The problem is that People still need money. And I think that the corporations are banking on people like, y'all got to come back to work eventually or what you going to do? And they uh, have the they have so much lead way to just mm-hmm. let the money bleed out to make a point. Yeah. And that's what a lot of companies do. They don't want people to unionize. They don't want people to strike. But they know if they do strike, well, we got the money to just sit here and just wait on it. Because uh, uh, what y'all going to do? We got money to just let it bleed and y'all got to come back to work eventually. Trash. So it's a terrible system from top to bottom. Trash. Dirty dog. Just gonna sit there and watch this bleed out. The backbone of everything that's put out. You dirty bitches. Bastards, man. You know what I was thinking too? Like, man, a writer can really fuck you up too as an actor. If they ain't feeling you, they can write you some shitty, <laughs> some, <laughs> some shitty dialogue and shitty storylines. You'd be like, man, man, give me something juicy. Nah, man. Fuck your couch. This is what you're talking about in this scene. How come I'm only in like two scenes in this episode? Hey, it's the story. It's the script, man. It's the script. Damn. All right, let me see what kind of questions y'all got up in here. Kobe Maguire. Uh, okay, last time I asked you, Denzel or Will Smith, you said Denzel, but once you went down their movie list, you said you'd have to get back to me. So, Denzel or Will? First of all, Kobe Maguire, you ain't shit. You ain't shit, Kobe Maguire. Kobe Maguire, you, you ain't worth a damn to, to make me have to hit, sit here and listen to this. Okay. Denzel or Will Smith? Now I got to lean into, I'm a movie guy at my core. Movies is just, movies is life. So, even though I love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, okay, if I had to lose the Fresh Prince, okay, so be it. But then Bad Boys, man, Bad Boys was my shit, man. I got to go Denzel. I got to go Denzel. I just got to go Denzel at the end of the day. Malcolm X, Man on Fire, The Hurricane, Glory, Mo Better Blues, He Got Game, Training Day. 
American Gangster, Out of Time, Deja Vu, Unstoppable, The Taking the Pelham 123, The Magnificent Seven, The Equalizer, The Equalizer 2, The Pelican Brief, Philadelphia, The Preacher's Wife, Ricochet, Flight, and then the great debaters. It's just, I mean, come on, man. The inside man, safe house. I mean, I gotta go Denzel, man. Falling, goddamn. I gotta go Denzel. Fences, you know, I gotta go Denzel. Denzel over Will. No disrespect to Will, man. It was a, it was a tough call, but decisions had to be made. And Denzel just Denzel just hidden, man. He, he firing on all cylinders. Uh, question from uh, Lana: Meet a favorite comedian or meet your favorite musician? I would rather meet my favorite musician. I would rather meet my favorite musician because I've already met Damon Wayans. I've already met Sinbad. The only one I haven't met out of my favorite three, my, my, my holy comedic trinity is Jerry Seinfeld. I have yet to meet Jerry Seinfeld. But if I can meet Sade, Helen, follow Sade Adu, if I meet her, I'm going to probably cry. I'm gonna probably cry. Ain't no comedian making me cry. But if I meet her, I'm gonna probably fold up. I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that fan that just be like, man, come on, man. And it's not gonna be like, oh God, hold me. But it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be emotional. Like if I was to just see her, if I was just to walk into a room and she was sitting in there, I'd just be like, yo. Yo, you, I would fold up. I would just be like, you, because here's the thing, man. Some of these music, I get why people cry and get emotional when they meet their favorite musicians. Because they are, we listen to music throughout our lives. We listen to music through our worst times, our best times, just a regular memory, a, a, a chapter of your life. When you're studying, when you when you're stressing, when you're having fun, when you're making love, when you when you're when you're up, when you're down, you are listening to these musicians, right? And they just apart. Oh, this this reminds me of my mom. This reminds me of my grandmother. This reminds me of my aunt, my uncle, my brother, my son. This reminds me of, of this point in my life. I remember when I first got my first apartment, I was playing this all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we are we are emotionally connected to the music. And I've been listening to Sade since the 80s, the mid-80s. I've been listening to her throughout a lot of my life. You know, I was born in 77. Sade comes out in like 84. So Sade's music has been with me for a long time. I got a lot of memories attached. 
And I'm going to see that, and it's just going to be like, I'm going to see her, and it's just going to be like, my life has been thrown back at me. And, and it just excitement and just like shock and just like, yo, I can't believe you right here. And it's just, your music is just, you know, now I'm going I'm to fold. I'm going to fold. I'm going to be like, yo, get I used to listen to your song, you know, Clean Heart. Every time I, I woke up and make the Baker Boys their lunch for school, I listened to your song, Clean Heart, every morning when I made them their lunch for school. And that's going, that's going, I'm going to be, I'm going to be done. I'm going to be like, man, every morning I played that song and I would just make their lunch and get them ready for school. That was a song every morning. I, I'm going to be done, man. Big done. So to answer the question, I'd rather meet the musician. I don't even know how Sabrina held it together. She met one of her favorite rappers, Atmosphere. Not only did she meet one of her favorite rappers, she also became friends with this rapper and was in his video. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like. That's epic. I don't know if she got emotional, but if I meet Sade, I'm folding up. You bet Jerry too in denial. <laughs> I'm folding up, man. So yeah, the musician, favorite musician would hit harder for sure. For sure. Uh, Miss Ma'am asks, beans or no beans in your chili? Let me tell you something right now, man. The beans are the backbone of chili. I feel like, and this is just me, I feel like if you ain't got no beans, you ain't got no chili. The beans are more critical than the meat. Whatever meat or non-meat you put in there, I feel like the beans are the critical ingredient for it to be chili. If you're saying that this chili, it needs to be beans in there. Or else it's just a sloppy Joe, it's just sloppy Joe mix, or it's something else. If you ain't got no beans in there, it ain't chili. The beans are the primary focus of chili. They the, they the star of chili. I know I know the ground beef and the ground turkey or whatever you putting in there is getting a lot of the shine. But the beans write the hits. The beans wrote that. They wrote and directed that. You know what I'm saying? So beans for sure. So if it, if it ain't no beans in there, I'm not eating chili. I'm just eating meat sauce or whatever you want to call it. I'm just eating a bowl of just meat season, meat seasonings or whatever. Beans are the primary ingredient in chili. Primary. Then, then the chili, the chili season, the chili flavor. Then you can throw in the the meats or whatever. The, the, so low key. 
Whatever meat it is, whether it's ground beef, whether it's ground turkey, whether it's garden, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever you putting in your chili, vegan or non-vegan, whatever meat that is, I feel like they third, they, they rank third. I feel like it's the beans, the, the, the chili seasoning, whatever that may be, and then the meat, whatever that may be. So, yes. Beans in my goddamn chili, for sure. G. Lowry asks, Pharrell or Dr. Dre? Damn. Going for the jugular, huh, G. Lowry? Piece of shit. If I call you a piece of shit, that means you ask a hard-hitting question. I feel like I know Amir's answer. I don't want to answer. But if you did, oh, I man. feel like you would lean for real. Probably. But Dr. Dre been doing stuff for quite some time. I feel like just more recently, though, I'll say past 15 years, mm-hmm. he's been pretty quiet production-wise. Dre? Yeah. 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 Like 100%. For sure. But personally... But the years before that, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, definitely a force to be reckoned with. Man. So since this is a personal question, and I'm not looking at the game and the impact, I'm not looking at the greater, you know, in the greater (laughs) surrounding areas. This is my personal pick. I'm going Dr. Dre on the strength of personal airplay for me from the NWA joint to his own chronic album to the doggy style album to the work he did with 50 Cent to the work he did with Eminem to the work he did on his own the chronic uh, 2001 to the beats he's done for various artists Like as a whole, like when I listen to, when I listen to an album full of Dr. Dre beats, I'm more uh, likely to like a whole Dr. Dre project than a Pharrell project. With a Pharrell project as a whole, I feel like I'd be skipping around a lot. Matter of fact, I think my favorite. Uh, Pharrell produced album where it's just like Pharrell, the Neptunes, whatever, did the majority of the production. Is clips, uh, Hell Have No Fury. Oh no 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 not not that one. Lord willing, Lord willing, the debut clips album. To me, that's prime. That's prime Pharrell production for a full album. In my opinion, I, I really like Lord Willing a lot. I feel like Pharrell put his foot in that album. Uh, but for the most part, like, you know, for the nerd albums and like, you know, even the Neptunes album, Nep- Neptunes Presents the Clones and like, I'll be skipping. So for me personally, I feel like I'm more, you know, attached to 
that Dr. Dre needs. The beast by Dre, if you will. So that's that's who I'm going with. Um, let's see what else y'all got up in here. Terrence C. asked me, do you feel like you have main character energy? Oh, shit. That's quite the question. Because we all, I think we all feel like we're our own main character within our lives and just like, yo, I'm the main character in this. I feel like most of us think that way, right? Like you think, yo, I'm the main character in this movie, which in the movie is my life. Or, or maybe not. Maybe, maybe some of you feel like you're a supporting character in your own life. I don't know. So it's hard for me to say if I have main character energy. I feel like that's up to that's up for people to decide. Um, I know I can be a main character. But do I have that energy? That's that's really a question for y'all. Because a lot of times I'm deflection McGee. I'll, I'll I'll deflect the the attention and the energy and the heat. Like yo, man, Tony's that dude. I'll be like, hey, man, look out, man, watch out. You know what I'm saying? I'll jump behind the couch and hide. So I kind of hide sometimes. So I don't know. I like that supporting role though. I like. I like that supporting role. That off to the side that, you know, that guy that comes in and kills and then disappears, man. It's less pressure when you're not the main character. You know what I'm saying? It's less pressure. That supporting role, that's prime real estate. That's prime real estate. That supporting role is prime real estate. I don't even like being the main character on my on my comedy tour, but I know I got to sell it. You know what I'm saying? The prime real estate positioning on the comedy show is that feature spot, the support. But you want the headline of money. You want the main character money. But at the same time, you know, that's supporting. Supporting is where it's at. So I don't know. Shannon asking me a Call of Duty question. Shoe Game Shan, you can only skip one map, Raceway or Black Gold. Which are you skipping? So a lot of people probably ain't familiar with Call of Duty, so this is not going to relate to a lot of people, but I'm skipping Black Gold. I'll just do the Raceway. I'm skipping Black Gold because Black Gold is just annoying, man. The whole stage is dark. So we got a fight with night vision on, or you can take the goggles out. It's super dark. And if you if you ain't got a scope with the infrared on there, it's Struggle City, man. Oh, I see. That map sucks. It sucks, man. Who who decided, yo, this is going to be a good idea? Nobody wanted this map. I think all the maps on that game suck. I'm not going to lie. Oh, shit. That's a bold claim. I don't, I don't know if there's one on there where I'm like, yeah, this is a good map design. Truly. And I play Call of Duty since 2010. That's a bold claim. You ain't feeling what's our favorite? You ain't feeling Shoot House, but Shoot House was on the other Call of Duty. It, it was, was on Modern Warfare 2019. So you talking about a new map? 
Yeah, even then, Shoe House was like, oh, yes. Like, uh, it, you know, it was like, oh, we finally got a good map. Even in that game, it was like, we finally got a decent map because in 2019, the map sucked then, too. Yeah. Call of Duty maps have been pretty bad since ooh, at least 2013 or so. They've been, they've diverted from their usual kind of thing that they used to do because everything used to be three lane and people was like, three lane suck. And then they yeah. went to these super dynamic maps mm. and now that they lost their luster it's like i don't know where i'm getting shot from or i don't know how this mm. map is run you know kind of thing mm -hmm. um but yeah i i don't know modern warfare 2 maps are the new modern warfare 2 2022 terrible shoot houses shoot house is cool yeah but even then that's like a rehash you know so the older maps are obviously gonna be better than the newer ones that's why they keep bringing them back yep and no backing out I'll do Raceway. If I got to choose between Black Gold and Raceway, I'll do Raceway. I don't like Raceway, though. Raceway's not terrible. It's not a terrible map. I don't like it. That middle part, though, I don't I don't dance around in that. Uh, I don't I, dance around when they fix the fix the car area. I don't play around in that area too mm -hmm. much. I'm not but there sure. is a lot of in and out. There's too hiding. much going on, man. I don't like it. Raceway... Goddamn, uh, and black gold are the bottom two for me. Somebody asks, no more telling jokes or no more listening to music? Damn. What's up with this question, man? <laughs> this is, y'all just trying to make it tough. They're good questions, though. Yeah, they are. Um... Well, the jokes are my livelihood. I don't make a living off music. So I would have to keep the jokes. But my soul would be on empty a little bit. Because I'm not getting my, my, my diet of, of music that I love. So I might change. You know what I'm saying? It might change me. I might be crankier or just like different, like sadder or something. But, you know, the jokes is what keeps keeps the lights on and the and the... And the cat's fed, you know, so I got to keep the jokes. That's why y'all all know me. That's why you're here. Jokes. Whether, even if it was voiceovers, there's jokes in those voiceovers. So, yeah, man. Thanks for ruining my life in that question, man. Keeping in the jokes, man. JP asks, a bad boy reunion concert or a so-so deaf reunion concert? Okay. So so dev. Let's look at the, let's look at the catalog. We got Jermaine Dupree, of course, Bow Wow, The Brat, Criss Cross, uh, Jagged Edge, um, who am I forgetting? Escape. Oh, Escape. Uh, them franchise boys apparently. No, oh, I can. Anthony Hamilton? Oh, Hamilton? Anthony Hamilton. Damn. Okay. Um, hmm. That might be the bulk of it. There's a lot of people named on here, ain't gonna lie. Okay. That's pretty potent, though. So, Bad Boy, we got P. Diddy. Well, Biggie, Biggie will not be performing, so we can take him off the table. So, we got P. Diddy, Carl Thomas, 112, uh, the Locks, 
Black Rob, well, Black Rob passed away. Uh, Mace, Total, Faith Evans. Um, who else we got? No, nah, Kim wasn't on Bad Boy. Mm. Was Mary J ever on Bad Boy? Mm-mm. Nah. She used to be with Uptown. Mm. Oh, Craig, Craig Mack passed away too. Chris Cross. Oh, Chris Cross because... Now, with this question, uh, is everybody alive? Can everybody be alive with this question? Wait a minute, was Usher ever on So So Deaf? No. It no? managed, yes. But okay. I don't know if, like, does that count? Because no. if it goes by, like, management, then we got some more people. It needs to say So So Deaf. It needs to say So So Deaf on an album. I don't think so. Because he was under, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, Artiste? Artisa? Something like that. Arista? Who? Arista? Arista, yeah. Arista. Usher. All right, let's see. He was on LaFace. LaFace, that was the record label he was with. Yeah. And then it was Arista after that. But I mean, yeah, I guess guess it wouldn't count. But if we were talking like So So Def had their hands in, I mean, Confessions wouldn't be Confessions without JD. And it's also Def Team. Hmm. But he was not on their label. Oh, uh, shoot. It's tougher than I thought. Um, so we keeping everybody that passed away. Right? I'm just double checking before I commit to my answer. Everybody's alive. Okay. So with everybody being alive, I'm going to go bad boy. I'm going to go bad boy. It's going to be tough, though. That's a close call because, you know, that so-so dev lineup was was potent. But Biggie, man, I want to see Biggie. Biggie in the locks. Total. Total, Craig Mace, Mario Winans, Locks, Black Rob, Carl Thomas, Shine. What in the? Oh, yeah, I forgot about Shine. Yeah. Cassie, (laughs) Pitbull. Wait, Pitbull for a year? That's. Oh, I didn't know Pitbull was over there. Young Jock, Dirty Money, Gorilla Zoe. Jock. B5. Now, first of all, I'm not interested in B5 and Danity Kane, none of that other stuff on the back end. (laughs) New Edition did come to Bad Boy for an album. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm definitely going bad boy. Yeah, new edition. That was that was more recent. Yeah, it was Ish. like later on. Yeah. Loom. Loom. I remember the band and Boys in the Hood. Yep. I remember that. All that bad boy South stuff. The short lived bad boy South. Okay, Black T Vibes asks, pick three artists, dead or alive, that you'd have to see in concert. Marvin Gaye, Bob Marley, and I'm so pissed that I didn't go, but 
Prince, man. I'm so mad that I didn't go. Actually, so we got Marvin Gaye, Bob Marley. I'm thinking of Prince or Michael Jackson. One of these two. I feel like I'm going to go with Prince, man, over Michael. That's a really tough one. It's, it's super tough. But just because I know Michael's going, he's going to give you top-notch production. His dance moves is going to be crazy. But I feel like for me marveling at a true musician, Prince is just a force to be reckoned with, man. I'm going to be watching him. He's going to slow it down. He's going to speed it up. He's going to be playing the guitar. He's going to be playing the piano. He's going to be dancing. He's going to be all over the stage. It's going to be fine women over there. It's going to be women. He's going to be... He gonna be with women that you really believe that he gonna be with. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be so many different genres of music within that one concert. It's gonna have elements of rock, elements of R&B, elements of gospel, elements of funk. It's just gonna be like, it's gonna be all kind of music just going on within that one concert. And it's just gonna be like, damn. You know, it's going to be crazy hits. It's going to be just straight off the cuff. It's going to be like, man, he's going to be playing the guitar. You're going to be like, damn, I didn't know he was that good on the guitar. It's, it's just going to be, yeah, I'm going to do Prince. Pause. Press play. Prince on that one. So so Marvin Gaye, Bob Marley, Prince. Those are going to be my three right there. Who you got, dead or alive? Uh, I'll, I'll take Prince. I don't know why I went all dead, but just, yeah. Like, you gotta see? I mean, to be real, bro, people back in the day were just doing it differently. Yeah. Um, I definitely take Prince. Um, I want to say, Mike, I'm gonna try to diversify a little bit. Mm -hmm. I do think everybody will be passed away, though. Uh, two, I might steal Marvin from you. Okay. I always like Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye is just... And for the third one, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna probably say Donna Summer. I really enjoy. Okay. I really enjoy Donna Summer's music. Donna Summer, man, she has some. Stuff. I used to have a crush on Donna Summer. I could see why. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that album cover where she she's sitting on a crescent moon. Mm. Yeah, let me look at that album cover real quick, man. Donna Summer. Damn, man. Jimi Hendrix would have been a crazy one too. Oh yeah, you know who I would love to see that, that passed away? I would love to see Queen live. Freddie, Freddie Mercury, Mercury live, bro. yeah. Freddie Mercury was. Whew. I would love, I would love to see that live. Let me see which album cover it was with Donna Summer. Yes, the Donna Summer Four Seasons of Love album cover had me in a chokehold. Just Google that if you buy your computer. That album cover had me in a chokehold. As a kid, I'm just looking at the album cover like, man, this is just, I don't know what's happening. Like, I didn't even know what I was feeling because I was a kid. And I was just like, and then even the other album cover on the radio. She might have started my attraction to women's feet. That might have been, 
that might have been the moment where it was just like, man, dog, you know what I'm saying? Feet. She was out here with the toes out. Down in summer, man, you slippery bastard. <laughs> On the radio. Yeah, man, down in summer. Um, great question, though. Great question. Shout out to Donna Summer's daughter. She used to be on, uh, was it My Wife and Kids? She used to be on a sitcom. Her name was Brooklyn. That's actually Donna Summer's uh, daughter. All right, I'm going to do another this or that. Yeah, she was on My Wife and Kids. My Wife and Kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, G. G Lowry asks, would you rather have a Charles Barkley Hall of Fame career, no rings, or Robert Horry rings, but not a Hall of Fame career? Give me the Hall of Fame career, no rings. Give me the Charles Barkley. Give me the Charles Barkley. The rings don't, the rings, they, they don't really sum everything up because we're talking, we're talking team ball. We're talking team ball here. So, you know, I could live with a stellar career, but we just never, we were never able to get a ring. But my individual stats are incredible. I could, I could live with that for sure. Like if I was just a guy on the team, anybody could be on the team and get some rings. I was looking up a list of, of players who have like a lot of rings. And there was a lot of players I've never heard of. Because Bill Russell has the most. But between Bill Russell and Michael Jordan, there was a lot of players. I was like, who? What? Who? Who is this? You know what I mean? So, yeah, give me give me the Charles Barkley career, no rings. And I know, you know, other athletes with rings going to throw it in my face, just like how Shaq does it for Charles. He always throws the fact that Charles Barkley is ringless in his face. But Charles Barkley's career in production and performance, man, he can he can live well in that. Allen Iverson's considered one of the greats. He ain't got no ring. You know what I mean? So Carmelo Anthony, great player. You know, I, I can live with I can live with being an all-star legend, Hall of Famer, and not have no rings, for sure. That's a that's an easy answer for me. Easy work. Uh, Chicago question from Kim Simmons. All right. Uh, she's from Gary, first of all. Which dance would you rather see? Footwork or shy style stepping? I'd rather see the stepping. I'd rather see the stepping, man, because the stepping puts me in a good, a good mood it's just it's just a nice little vibe and energy it's just like ah stepping it just makes me think of just like blackness midwest having a good time being comfortable in your own skin grown shit it's just like yeah like i can sit in that it's a vibe like when you watch people stepping it's just like man yeah this is this is what it is right here 
Because I, I love to see people comfortable in their own skin, in their culture, in their vibe, doing their thing. I just like that. And it's like, and it, and it feels more timeless. Like you can be young and do some stepping or you could be old and do some stepping. I feel like footwork, you'd be like, man, it's such an old ass now trying to do some footwork. I feel like you would get judged on the age tip and that would that would put you on the outs. But I feel like the 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 stepping though, everybody can get in on it. And you can step with your with your relatives, with your with your lover, with your relatives. It's just a good vibe. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going with the stepping, man. We out here stepping. Simone L asks, Tony, is there another job that you would love to do if you weren't a comedian? I think I would be an actor, of course. Acting. I think that's the easy answer. Of course, acting. That's why I came out here. That, that was the initial passion before I fell in love with stand-up and ended up, ended up marrying stand-up and having kids with stand-up and just building the family with stand-up. Before that, my love was acting. I was just like, yo, acting, man. You know what I'm saying? I love you. Let's get married. Let's do this. And then I seen stand-up and I was just like, nah, man. But, but damn. Like, I, I was on my knee to propose to acting, and then stand-up comedy walked through, and I was just like, oh, 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 hold on now, hold on. And I had to run up and put my bid in, and here we are. 15 years later, here we are, still going strong as a couple. 15 years later, me and stand-up still going strong, but acting, though, for sure. And if not acting, if it wasn't an entertainment, I'd be a teacher. Teaching your middle school or high school kids, man, out here in the classroom, making a goddamn difference. Don't you want to do better for yourself? That'd be me, man. Ain't you tired of just phoning it in, being mediocre? I want y'all drinking water in my class. But Mr. Baker, we can't have we can't have drinks in the I said you can drink water in my class, nothing else. And don't be playing me either. Don't be putting no fruit infused, nothing and nothing. I want pure water. That's all you can drink in my class. Now, the Civil War. And then I start, you know, teaching, going back to the schoolwork. Hell yeah. Shoe Game Shan asks, all flip-flops, not slides, or all ASICs? So flip when you say flip-flops, shoe game shan, do you mean the flip-flops with the big toe segregation? Is the big toe segregated from the rest of the toes in these flip-flops? I'm going ASICs. God damn it. You forced me into the ASICs, Shan. You you knew what the answer was gonna be. I'm not wearing no damn flip-flops. You knew this. You set me up. You set me up. Dirty bass. Because I'm not a fan of ASICs. But if it come down to ASICs or flip-flops with the big toe segregation, I'm going ASICs. Flip-flops are just... I don't like flip-flops, man. I mean, they're cool on women. But whenever I see dudes in flip-flops, especially when I see dudes in flip-flops and they got on like long jeans, 
Long jeans and flip-flops is just the worst look I can think of, man. I hate it. You got on some regular jeans and you got flip-flops on. That that look right there, just burn that whole look. Throw that whole person in the trash can. I hate it. If you out here wearing jeans and flip-flops right now, man, unfollow me, man. Block me up, man. Block me. I just hate the look. It should be. I need to see ankle if we're going to be wearing flip-flops. I need to see ankles clearly. I don't need to see ankles, but it just needs to be ankles clearly presented before we get to the actual flip-flop. But if you're just going straight jeans and then at the bottom you got them, man, nah, man. Nope. Hell no. Hate that whole look. That whole presentation is garbage. Uh, Salim asks, fruit-infused water or seltzer water? Give me the fruit-infused water. I hate seltzer water. I hate it. Seltzer water is just hot garbage. Garbaggio. I'm not a fan of seltzer water. Any kind of carbonated water, I'm out. The only way I can tolerate it is if you put some like a fruit flavor on it and make it kind of sweet. That's the only way I could even tolerate that mess. But seltzer, trash, big garbage. I can't stand it. It's terrible, horrible. Nope. And if you sitting there drinking the seltzer water and you got on jeans, long jeans with the flip flops, man. Throw everything about your whole existence in the trash, man. Throw it out. Get it up out of here, man. Done with it. The whole vibe out of here, man. Scoot. Nope. Hell no. Easy. Easy to answer that one. All right. And the final question for the day. From Jay Thomas. Permanent robust hairline with a beer gut or six pack with the cul-de-sac? <laughs> I love this question. This I love this question. Would I want the permanent robust hairline with a beer gut or six pack with the cul-de-sac? Damn. All right. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I can't live my life the majority of the time with my shirt off. That's just that's just something I can't do. So, like, I, I'm not gonna be on stage doing stand up with no shirt on, you know, unless you're uh, unless you're Bert. Bert Bert can do that. But, I mean, I could, but I'm not going to because I'm going to be ripped. I'm going to be ripped up there telling jokes, no shirt on, but uh, I'm ripped with the cul-de-sac. It's just, it's just doing too much. It's just doing too much. And then, and then in my day-to-day, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to be in cold states. I can't have my shirt off. So... 
I'm going, even though, now when I when I tell y'all this, I sincerely mean it. I sincerely mean it. I love being bald. I love being bald. Like bald is my favorite look for myself. So I'm not even interested in having a robust hairline, to be honest with you. But a cul-de-sac just looks mad ridiculous. If I'm out here with the cul-de-sac, because even if I had a robust hairline, I would still go bald a lot. I would just be shaving it all off. So it's like I wouldn't even utilize a robust hairline like that. Yeah, I would let it grow out on occasion, but at my core, I like being bald. And what bald represents to me is acceptance. I I have accepted my fate. Once my hair cashed out on the hairline, I was like, well, I accept it 100%. So that's what makes this question extra tough is because I I would love a six-pack. I've been wanting a six-pack my whole life, and I've never gotten it. But I don't want that cul-de-sac. And then if I got the beer gut, if I got the beer gut, I'm not even using the hairline. I don't care about the robust hairline. That's what makes this tough. I want that six pack. But I'm going to be looking mad ridiculous in my stand-up and in my little videos where I'm just talking about whatever. It's going to be the cul-de-sac. Give me the beer gut, man. God damn it. Give me the beer gut. Give me the beer gut and the robust hairline that I'm not going to use. Because that way I got the freedom to just rock whatever, you know. And I just got a beer gut. But I, to be out here shredded with the cul-de-sac, Nah, man, that's not even an option. We can't, we can't cold the sack me out like that. Great question, though. I love that kind of question. I love it. Loved it. Um, anyway, that's it for verbal cardio, man. I want to give a shout out to my patron saints, the Chatsworth, man. Y'all were phenomenal in here with the great questions. Shout out to everybody that was in here having a good time. I'm glad y'all are here. Thank you for supporting me. Um, thank you for having great questions and great uh engagement i love y'all passionately in the shower and thank you for being a friend um anyway tell people about verbal cardio man spread the word like share subscribe man you know post my clip reshare my clips when i post them on instagram comment in there get the engagement up man you know what i'm saying i'm trying to i'm trying to boost verbal cardio up to a certain level so but i appreciate y'all man and uh thank you for tuning in to another session And that verbal cardio.